I'm Shannon. And I'm Sierra. And we've been best friends for the past eight years. Has this ever happened to you? Some well-intended individual inquires. How are you? But instead of being your sounding board, they end up just sounding board. Well, we're here to lend an ear as our guests unpack their hopes and fears. So come join us in a space where vulnerability is strength and humor is healing while we genuinely inquire, how are you feeling? And what's been storming your brain? 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 What has been storming your What's been storming your brain? Brainstorming the podcast. Hello, Shannon. Well, hello. Hey, look, it's Shannon. It's so nice to have you right here by my side. You're a new age Shannon because your birthday was yesterday (laughs) we celebrate you and we date you in our wildest dreams the grip you had me in was like not (laughs) not pleasurable friendly (laughs) but the song as friendly as it gets yeah so it kind of evened it out I like to bring balance into everything that I do Mm -hmm. you're not wrong I am a year older than I was two days ago I didn't reveal your age either and I almost did but (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) what if that was like the issue that I have thank you don't please don't 22 forever (laughs) god who says that (laughs) no I I I don't want to go back to that year but we're back you know yeah we you you had a little family vacation time mm -hmm, with Tim's familia Mm -hmm. yep and I'm back (laughs) (laughs) I sat on my couch and sweat and I'm Uh back so, it sounds like our my vacation and your time was the same. Just sitting on couches, just fully sweating. Truly, it's July now. It's, it's our birthday month. It's our birthday. We month. are cancers. Mm-hmm. It's our time to shine. We are on our feels, so we thought let's get in other people's feels by storming their brains. brains. <laughs> Whose brain are we storming today? An angel. Truly. Yeah. Can you believe it? We finally got one. I know. We we caught we caught an angel. (laughs) Again, so like finding the Bigfoot. We found an angel. With that grip. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh anyway. Her name is Angel. (laughs) No, this is a good friend of mine. Uh we did Avenue Q together in a few years ago in, a few years, in ago. a few years ago I can't mm-hmm. remember what year it was with Catherine right with our former guest and friend Catherine Landetta mm-hmm. and uh our guest today played our Gary Coleman I think we talked <laughs> right. about her a little bit on our episode with Galloway and Jake yes 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 because she's just an angel she's the best she's so talented so smart so funny um, such a dear friend of mine. I'm grateful every day for having met her. She and Catherine were both a part of that group. When I talk about when we did that contract, we would have our days off. We would carve out time to do what we actually called brainstorming sessions, mm. which is where we would be like, what do you want to work on, you know, in this, in this field of work and performing arts. And so one of us would come in with like a song and a monologue, or we would talk about like headshots or like branding. Mm. And it was so great. And Asha and Catherine, I remember at one point, literally like, I was like, can you guys just like give me a vocal lesson? Cause I'm fucking insecure about my voice. And they're both goddesses. Angel goddesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did. And I love her very much. Her name is Asha. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
a great start. Her name is Asha Brownie Gordon. Hi, Asha. Hello. Welcome. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Honey, thanks for having me. I get to see your face and other people get to see my face. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, we're always grateful to see your face, to hear your voice, to be in your presence. It's been too long. It really has been. Like, I think the last time I saw you was, again, I don't even have any concept of time right now, Mm -hmm. but like a couple of years ago, we did like a brunch. Mm -hmm. You, Catherine was there. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did a brunch in New York at, oh God, what was that place? I love that place. I brunched there all the time. Yeah. Because um, I was doing a cruise ship contract. That was what was happening. And yeah. I was boarding in New York. Mm. Oh God. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was about two years ago, I think. I think so. That's insane. I can't believe it's been two years. Me neither. It's ridiculous. Ugh. And you were big on the Marco Polo game. That was like your mode of connecting, right? Marco Polo? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. Marco Polo is my my jam for yeah. real. I haven't been on there in a while because I just get so like distracted. But that was a great, we stayed, we stayed in touch on Marco Polo consistently since oh, we yeah. worked together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I hear from Catherine every now and then on Marco Polo. I hear from Eric on Marco Polo every now and then. Um, He seems to be doing okay, doing well in LA. Um, And uh, let's see, but Marco, for me, that's the whole point of Marco Polo. You can go forever without talking to somebody. If somebody really needs to talk to you, they'll send you one of those crazy text messages with your face in the video going, could you please watch my video on Marco Polo? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I, I'm super grateful for that. That's kept us in touch. But like you have been working fairly consistently, it seems, uh, over the past few years, I, I, I think. You, you're one of like the few people I know who actually worked during uh, this past year. A couple of times you have. Uh, yeah. I, I'm curious what that was like because you did a production of Ghost, right? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how was so that? See. It was okay. So I did ghost at Titusville Playhouse. Um, and that was in, in December is when I went down there of 2020. Mm-hmm. So that was like, that was freaking me out. So a friend of mine, Jordan Linkus, um, who I worked with at Dollywood and we've kept in contact for years. Um, he, um, was like, we need to know to May. Like they didn't have anybody audition for the part or they didn't have anybody appropriate. And he knows me and he was like, can what if my friend like sends you a video and a headshot? Would you be okay with that? And I was like, oh yeah, sure, I'll, I'll submit. And then I got the job and I was like, oh great. So um, so like I got to do Otome down there and it was awesome because at that point there was no vaccine. There was, you know, nothing was happening at that point. Um, or no, 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 there was a vaccine, but it was insanely limited at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. So it was scary times. Like I I've been wondering about like whether or not I was going to take another job for a minute, you know, I'm I'm like, when am I going to do that? When am I going to feel safe to, but because Jordan was the person, somebody that I trust much like how Galloway got me to go to Oregon in the first place. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is somebody that I trust. So I'm going to take a shot and see how this is. And Titusville Playhouse, I mean, Titusville itself, not so much, but Titusville Playhouse 
had their stuff in, they had their shit together. Okay. Like they were sanitizing the dressing rooms. They were doing a small cast of ghosts so that we could be socially distanced within the dressing rooms. We had masks on backstage. There's plexiglass between people in the audiences. The audiences were down to 50% capacity. Mm -hmm. They had hand sanitizers that took your temperature. Um, like they really were on, on, on it. I was so impressed. I was so pleased. And I made sure that the artistic director knew that, um, because he was like, have you enjoyed your time? It was my first time there. And he was like, Mm -hmm. do you enjoy it? And I was like, yes, I will. I will come back. That's fantastic. mm -hmm. So I highly recommend, I highly recommend Titusville Playhouse for anybody that gets contracted in there. Um, just for general ideas for people, it is a community, mostly, um, community theater, um, but, you know, in certain situations, they hire people in, um, depending on what kind of thing they may need for any kind of given situation. So, you know, you might get called in for a lead or called in for a spe- specialty or something like that. Um, so look into it, though, because they really did a wonderful job. And I loved working there. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm a big Kimmy Schmidt fan. And Titus goes to Titusville in an episode. And he's like, <gasps> he, he's like, I found this is where I'm going to live now. This is, this is <laughs> it. So that's my only frame of reference. Like most things is Tina Fey based, but I love that. It's, I love I, that your entrance back into performing felt, you know, it could have gone either way there, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And that you felt safe enough to like step back into that world. Mm -hmm. So then after ghosts, were you like, okay, I feel, I know what this new, this, these new protocols look like with performing. Were you then actively auditioning or were you like, okay, I need a minute between the next thing. No, actually that's the thing about me. That's kind of weird. Generally speaking, I just kind of sit and see what's up for a Hmm. minute in every situation um like so like in this case you know my friend Jordan was like hey what's up and I was like oh sure let's see what happens and also because of that experience and now that I've done the experience in um Oregon every circumstance is different every situation is different how the Mm -hmm. protocols are because for theater the protocols have been different in comparison to say working in a restaurant or working in any other job anyway. Like Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it may have to do with actors equity and a lot of people are left to their own, have been left to their own devices of how to establish protocols. Mm -hmm. So I will say with these two theaters, with the Oregon Cabaret Theater and with the Titusville um, Theater, they did everything in their power they could um, under financial constraints because we all know theater ain't making money right now. So like they, you know, were like, they, like, I think, I think both, um, both places invested all the money they could into the protection. Um, but it really like, it it was both of them did a very good job in different ways. Mm. My, my boyfriend, Tim went and did like worked at a theater, but it was filmed. So they weren't on stage together most of the time. And it was like, they also took very, uh, serious like what's like precautions precautions yeah Yeah. um I'm so I'm really happy to hear about that so then yeah so you before the pandemic you were doing beehive right yeah well (laughs) before the pandemic let's see 2019 I did beehive then I did a cruise ship that's right okay okay so tell us about cruise life do you miss it do you not tell us oh god let's see I mean do I miss it Yes. in to a degree, I miss traveling. I miss getting to perform that way. I, 
I miss getting to live slightly luxuriously. Um, and I get miss getting paid well. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, I don't miss some of the crew situations. Like, you know, it's a very militaristic kind of mentality that you have to fall into when you're there, which isn't mm-hmm. exactly great for artists. You are confined a lot of the times and we have for my artistic people, like our group of people, we had a lot of downtime, which is not actually great on a ship as you know, most people actually now understand, I think having gone through quarantine, it's yeah. very similar. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, actually, this is interesting. So I did beehive. Then I did after midnight. Yeah, that's what happened. Then I did after midnight. Then I got asked to go and do prohibition. So the last thing that I did was call a show called prohibition. And that was I did six. So I did a six month contract that led right into the lockdown. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Where my, was that? That was, I was on the Norwegian bliss. The ship went from Alaska to New York and, um, the actual initial trip, everything was cool. Everything was cool. Right through the Panama canal. We were good. We were good. Then people started mysteriously getting sick and we didn't know what it was. Right. Um, it on your normal. ship on our I mean, it was, it was happening everywhere on our ship, on land, you know, but, you know, people were getting sick. And the thing is, we didn't understand what it was because I would go here, there and in different places and people would have respirators on and our rooms were getting fogged. Like they were going to ultimate precautions to deal with whatever was happening because huh. people were just getting sick. Oh my God. Um, at the time, we didn't know what COVID was. So... Right. Like right. we were just like, this must be like a really weird case of the flu. Like that's what was going on. You know, that's what we thought was. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then, then I remember at the very end of the contract, I got off the ship. My contract ended on March 15th in New York. I got off that ship. Oh my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a close call. And literally wow. I remember the week before I was in port, I was in New York. Life seemed normal. Life was cool. Mm-hmm. Had brunch with my girl, with, with, with a girlfriend of mine, Eliza. I was like, girl, let's go to a bar. Let's hang out. Mm-hmm. I come out <laughs> off that ship my day that I'm disembarking. And I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Because you are very removed on a ship. Right. Um, oh my gosh, that's shock. But it was crazy. But um, so I got off on March 15th and two or three days before that, there was an announcement on the ship where the captain was like, Members of the crew, we have an announcement. We are no longer taking passengers on board. And if you're asking when we will be back in um, rotation, the answer is we do not know. The American president has, uh, you know, declared a state of emergency. It was like, uh, it was really like, I felt like I was in a moment in -hmm. history kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is crazy. And especially for someone like me, I've been on cruise ships a lot. I've done like, that was like my seventh contract. So for that kind of, bomb to be dropped, like information bomb. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what, what's, what's happening. What's real, what's going on. And so people then came on the ship. I left and then people came on the ship and then they couldn't get off for a minute. <gasps> oh my God. Wow. wow. Not, not passengers, crew members. Wow. Yeah. Like some, it was, it was different. Some people couldn't get off. It was like only a couple of weeks for some Americans People who we were from different countries and those other countries were like borders closed. You can't come back. I know some people that were on the ships for months and then <gasps> you couldn't, you couldn't come off 
um, the ship because you could be contagious and they didn't want to contaminate the ship itself with whatever was out there. So they were on that ship. And not just that one, several people were stranded on ships. Wow. That's a nightmare. Yeah, that's that's so much. That's so claustrophobic. Yeah, that's I'm wild. like, my heart is beating literally. Yeah, I have no, I, I mean, I heard, I mean, I'm sure the thing is it's, it's quarantine basically to a different degree. Um, you are with those, I mean, that was, that was your, your people. And I mean, working on cruise ships, the people that you work with, the people that you see every day, the crew members, everybody, you do get to know each other. You do establish relationships, but those were very, I mean, I couldn't imagine those conditions, how they were living that way. Of course, now they're, they're not on a ship. So many people are off now, um, except for essential crew members. And Mm -hmm. I know that they're trying to get it up and running. I'm like, call me in 2022. Maybe I'll think about it then. Um, but, but like, cause it's a little, it's a little sketchy. It's a little dicey now because we still don't exactly know what's going on. Yeah. Obviously I think like most people, I'm so curious to see like what happens moving forward like if we're going to need things like booster shots um you know I don't I don't know I don't know I I like to think that we won't get back to where we were I I don't I'm optimistic that we won't but this whole fucking year has just been chaotic and so unexpected it's like you said like literally hearing that announcement on the ship is like you know you're in a moment in history yeah I mean, got, 2020 was nothing but a moment in history. Like yeah. we were just, and then, and, and it hasn't stopped. Like this is like 2020 part two, AKA 2021. Yeah. Like it's just not, it's never freaking ending. I'm like, no. oh, wow. It's just, and, and you can see how crazed the world is going mm-hmm. with yeah. this pandemic. And the thing is, what's funny to me is that nobody is like looking at the sci-fi movies of the past and going, <laughs> You know, we should probably pay attention to these because literally <laughs> every apocalyptic scenario is coming true. Y'all yeah. know there was a, a fire in the ocean. Yes. The whirlpool. <laughs> yes. Have you seen the photos? I have not. Terrifying. Girl. Terrifying. Just the the temperature, like climate change is like we I think the three of us here can definitely say that we know fucking climate change is real. I don't think oh, any of us are real. deniers <laughs> in that, but like uh, it's becoming so much more apparent, literally like weather day to day. I'm like, yeah. it's the middle of July. There's a fucking thunderstorm. But then the next day I'm like, I can barely, wa- it's crazy. It's chaotic. Um, and it's terrifying. And the world is scary. The end. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, no. <laughs> it just, it's been lovely. No, but that's the chaos of the world itself. Also, you know, as artists, you talk about brainstorming, talking about like trying to figure out how you're going to navigate these waters. Yeah. They real choppy y'all, you know, <laughs> they're, they're real. They're like really, you know, eroding your soul a little bit. You're just like, yeah. Oh, I mean, Hey, I grew up in the nineties. I thought racism was over. I really did. It's not. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, force. no, man. Yeah, it never left. <laughs> yeah. I now, know it's like, not just the, the pandemic, but it's so many things are bubbling so up to many the service. So many social movements and like political and I don't know if you've seen uh, Bo Burnham's new special. If you haven't, quick sidebar, it's fantastic. Highly recommend it. But in it, he's talking about like, he sings this great song called The Funny Feeling. And he sings the whole thing. And it's like, um, 
reading, he's talking about a funny feeling, like just naming all these things that give him like a funny feeling, like reading Pornhub's terms of service, going for a drive and obeying all the traffic laws and Grand Theft Auto 5. But then he sings like full agoraphobic, losing focus, cover blown. Anyway, then the chorus is like, there it is again, that funny feeling, that funny feeling. And then the end of it goes, Hey, what can you say? We were overdue, but it'll be over soon. You wait. And it's so good. And it's my favorite song ever, but it's so, he filmed the special during the pandemic. Uh, and it's literally about that. And I feel like that line, that lyric, we were overdue is so uh, relevant. Like it's so true. I mean, oh, yeah. there are so many things bubbling to the surface that it's like, we got to fucking face. We got to deal with this shit. We have to. We can't stop living this like passive life of ignoring shit and like pretending that everything's okay when there are so many issues that need to be faced and a pandemic will do that. <laughs> yeah. No, I I was so I did a podcast. I did uh, Galloway's Cab Gab. Yeah. Way back when. And it happened right after George Floyd and um, he brought it up, but I was like, I don't want to touch this. I don't know how Mm. to feel about this. I don't know how to express myself. Still don't be perfectly Mm. honest, Sure, but I will say there, there was a part of me, I would say before 2020, I called before I knew how ridiculous 2020 was going to be. I was like the year of clear vision (laughs) and I didn't know how right I was going to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not what we, but not in the way we expected, but definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And 2020 vision. Seriously, 2020 looking at it. I'm like, oh, so we're just going to be real clear, huh? (laughs) Um, We're going to be really, really transparent and really see how we function in this world. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a reckoning. We're there, but we need to face what we are, which is not perfect, which is not not ideal, which is not the best, which, you know, but the thing is there's nothing wrong with not being the best or not being perfect. That's, I mean, that's called being human. Yeah. And honestly, imperfection is the most beautiful thing about humanity, Mm -hmm. but can you do better? That's where you show whether you really are, you know, courageous and righteous or not. Yeah. We're all humans. We all have flaws, but we also have free will and the ability to choose to grow and to learn from our mistakes. And I think that's the difference between like a good human being and a Mm -hmm. garbage Especially like (laughs) right after the 4th of July, you have this like spike in nationalism. That's so, it just feels so bizarre. I had someone come up to a bar, like just wasting, like, you know, going on and on about America's the greatest and I want to defend this country, blah, blah, blah. And again, it's like, can we be open to saying it's not the greatest? It could have potential. Can we look at the potential and, you know, but we don't have to live in this place of we're done working here. We're done. We're a fully, fully, you know, thought out idea. We're fully, we're just baked. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. In. I just think it's so it's such a wild statement to just decide. I mean, it's just like nationalism meets narcissism. Meets, mm. It's just so fascinating. Yeah. 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 You're totally right. After coming out of Fourth of July, I was like, feels really weird being patriotic. And here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with having pride in your country or whatever. But that also, in my opinion, needs to be backed up. We, like if you if you love something so much and you have pride, 
you all sh also should be able to look at its flaws and go, I love this country so much that I want to call out the shitty behavior toward, you know, everyone who's <laughs> to minority. Yeah. yeah, literally everyone who's not white. Like, uh, you should be able to accept that it's not perfect. You love it, even though it's not perfect, and you want to strive to make it better. Well, yeah, um, like, the thing is... like. <laughs> It's just so funny to me how people can deny what is just so rightfully true and obvious. And like America can, the thing is being patriotic, I do think we can be to a degree that we believe in the fact that people can do better. Yes. That's, that's something that I think we could be patriotic about. So many people have proven us wrong time and time again. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. But yeah. like I'm I'm looking out there going, well, one on one of you, I'm like the only person I can look at and go, good for you is Liz Cheney, and all she's doing is her job. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm just like, no, that is not how this should go. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody is capable of doing better. Like, and and we can be proud of the fact that people, well, younger people definitely are are more active in this um age of, I mean, let's say it, I guess, wokeness, being awake, waking up. I mean, I had to wake up in 2020. It's one of the reasons why I think it's so fraught right now, because every, nobody had anything better to do than sit around and see exactly what was going on. Then yeah. depending on your mental state or your stability or whether or not you want to like talk about that white power or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, you, you decided how you were going to morph that, that situation, the scenarios, mm -hmm. and either you went ahead and said, okay, stop living in la la land. You have mm -hmm. to acknowledge what's going on. How do you fit in? How are you going to approach it? Or you can go, man, I'm going to be right here underneath this rock. It's real nice and safe and cool under this rock. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where most people have been for 400 plus years. Exactly. It keeps bringing me back to trailer park because mm. was this like liberating to be in this show where it's like, we're not perfect. We're not fucking yeah. the stereotypes, all of that shit thrown in. Mm. How was that experience? Now, the thing is trailer park to me, doing it in Oregon was interesting okay. like because it's a, it's a Southern demographic show. Right. Um, a lot of those, like a lot of the jokes and scenarios I'm like this is um and it, I don't think it was written by a southern person also so it was a little like mishmash oh interesting. but yeah it was it's a little interesting like there was a reference to White Castle and Gal and I were both like there ain't no White Castle in the south <laughs> 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 and also the show is from 2003 so okay. yeah the show is relatively old is that right 2003 that seems a little bit much 2013 2013 might be better I think that's mm, better um still. but yeah it's it's relatively like especially with the way that times are going they're going so fast now so much that happens from year to year now it definitely had a lot of uh connotations in it that I mean Avenue Q even was very offensive to people there were things yeah. here like in the script itself that we were like we can't do that we can't mm. talk about we can't do that yeah. so we had to change up a couple of things because I'm like this doesn't resonate anymore people no. are not and especially in a place like Ashland, where people actually are really try to um, 
see outside their insulated box, mm-hmm. they try. It's yeah. very, very hippy dippy, very woosa love and mm-hmm. <laughs> kindness. It is. And um, I like there were some situations where I was like, if you bring this to this audience, they're going to be offended in a way that might even make Avenue Q like that offense level. Hmm. It might actually wa- wipe it out because I know really? we offended some a lot of people in Avenue Q. Yeah, I'm sure we did. Because there's a difference between commentary and then like, you know, actual just like, hey, we're Southern and crazy and blah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But at the same time, there's a, a lot of heart there. Talk about, you know, acknowledging your imperfections. That's what that whole show is about. Mm-hmm. And I had, I really did have a great time. I played linoleum, not really like a, a big character. Um, but like, linoleum, but what a character. <laughs> oh yeah, like that- my, one of my favorite lines. I'm like, my friends call me Lynn, but my full name is linoleum because my mama gave birth to me on the kitchen floor. So, <gasps> oh my God, <laughs> like, that's fantastic. That's great. Like those are the kinds of lines that are in the show. And it really has some clever, beautiful lines in the show, mm. actually. Some things that really made me go, aha! And then you can like, <laughs> put on put your own spin on it and um also ad lib a little bit here and there and I was working with some more really amazing comedic actors just like with Avenue Q yeah and um one of the people that I got to work with she played Pippi the stripper who mm-hmm. has an affair and everything so her name's Bianca DeSaro she's mm-hmm. awesome I got to live with her and work with her mm-hmm. and we would come home and have these big talks all the time about mm-hmm trailer park about life about justice about a a bunch of things like that is actually I guess the beauty of like all of my Ashland experiences um I always get something really fulfilling and reawakening and my artistry kind of gets a a boost whenever I go out there and Bianca was definitely one of those um I I'm really grateful that I got to work with her Mm. and also getting to share the, the stage with Gal Again, Galloway Stevens, let me just say, <laughs> I'm sorry, Galloway Delaney, he married now and he took his name. Okay. Oh, I didn't know um, that. <laughs> uh-huh. oh. <laughs> well, he hasn't um, changed it officially yet, but I'm just making it clear. <laughs> Galloway <know>. Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> his stage name is Galloway Stevens. Um, yes. But he, um, like, getting to work with him, even in Avenue Q when he was directing us, um, his sense of humor is so smart and obvious and easy to clue into if you have like a comedic vein in your body and um but then you like actually like to work with him doing his own thing on stage and I'm like god you you stupid asshole you so good yeah like it's such a genuine thing that you can't help but go wow that's funny because it's real Mm. it's so real and um you know I you you feed off of that when you're on stage with that. You're like, if I can bring more genuine, like genuine emotion, genuine feeling, really ground this comedic character, mm. it will be more relatable. It'll be funnier. Like yep. the comedy is going to go off the charts when yes. it gets more real. Mm. And yeah, it's what makes him so magnificent and makes them all magnificent. I was yeah. really, really happy about the work we did. I think one of the things that you miss about being in cast that you don't that you take for granted are those moments of ah I love what you're doing there I I, it's by osmosis I want to just feel more of that yeah on the flip side of that now being back in two new spaces in this I don't even I don't like the new normal thing but like this (laughs) new version of what theater is 
what have you found that you love about how your brain works in the creative process? And what have you found is challenging about how your brain works in the creative process? Let's see. That's a good question. (laughs) I'm such a weirdo. Like I really am. My brain works in a very, I don't even understand how my brain works. I just know that um, I like, I love ensemble work because I like a mesh. I like how, that's one of the reasons why Avenue Q was such a blessing to me. It's one of my favorite ensembles I've ever done. Mm. Everyone worked in such a harmonious fashion and figuring out how, how you can, figuring out how long you can hold for someone else's laugh, you know, Mm -hmm. um, figuring out what, just how you get to sit into the right pocket of a blend and a harmony, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. It's actually some of the stuff that gives me the most joy. Um, standout moments. Um, I enjoy them, but they're actually not my favorite. (laughs) It was crazy. Mm. Um, and I will say with what's been going on, I have clued into how I work as an artist. I try not to, um, play a color game or a race game. I try not to, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of obvious to me how things have gone. It's now at the forefront of my brain because it has to be now. Um, so navigating life now from that perspective, knowing, like being aware, the awareness, it's a little different and a little difficult, but yeah, from the perspective of a person of color, a black woman in theater, I definitely, um, I'm trying to see how I'm going to navigate the field with a little bit more strength, a little less subservience. Mm-hmm. Um, I always intend to be respectful and I always intend to do my job well, but I definitely want to be able to say, no, I'm not okay with that. Should something come up? I, I need to, like, that's something that I've been actually working on because I've never been one to exercise my voice that mm-hmm. way. Like things can feel wrong, but you will like dismiss them because otherwise you'll go crazy if you let all of it hit you. Mm-hmm. But um now I'm like, I've been quiet long enough. And now's the time to start speaking up when be something, I have to say something. I didn't see anything in these last two situations, but, um, but like, I just, you know, know now that there's a certain responsibility that I think needs to happen where on every side of the, of the artistic spectrum now where people need to say, oh, I need to acknowledge this. Oh, actually a great example of this, something that has inspired me recently actually was in the Heights, the movie. Mm, yeah. And I'm going to say this right now. I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue of colorism didn't cross my mind until it came up and I'm glad it came up because it's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like it is. And what did Lin-Manuel Miranda do? He said, I acknowledge you. I apologize. And I will learn and I will do better. Mm. That's all we can ask for from anybody, yeah. you know, like he is a light skinned Latino, like he's, you know, and so I think his perspective of it may have been skewed, mm-hmm. um, but it's true. The black Latin community is often completely invisible. You mm-hmm. don't see it. And this was an opportunity that was missed. Right. Yeah. And um, it's something that also like in my perspective of my life and everything, I'm like, Cause I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that until it was brought up until people started speaking about it. And I'm like, Oh, so I need to pay attention. And mm. in theater too, like sometimes I take my own like light skinned privilege for granted. Um, you know, people think that I'm in, 
can feel like they can engage with me. They feel safer mm-hmm. with me because I'm a light skinned black person. And I'm like, oh, I, it's something that didn't resonate with me until I saw that movie and heard the outcry. And I'm like, this is something that I should hold myself accountable to and witness and just acknowledge mm-hmm. the reality of it, not yeah. try to take someone else's experience for granted. Yeah. And I do actually like the fact that this conversation has opened up and that we're now introducing it into theater. And it, it's something that we all, we can all do better. That's all there is to it. We can all do yeah. better. Yeah. And so as an artist, I have definitely taken that on. I mean, there's so many things that I think we all take on. We're, we're, who isn't aware of what's going on politically now? Oh yeah. Whereas two years ago, no, but I didn't know who Mike Pence was two years ago, yo. <laughs> what a world. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> I wish I didn't know who he was. I mean, I was like, Donald Trump was president. I was pretty sure that I was going to be very sad every day he was president. And then for the election, I decided to do some research and I found out, you know what? I was right. I was right. That ignorance was good for me. Mm-hmm. It was good for my mental health. Mm-hmm but we can't afford to be ignorant anymore. No. I, I certainly can't. So no. that's where we are now. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you already kind of touched on this, but in terms of what piece of advice you would give your younger creative self, I love this idea of being stronger in those moments where it's so easy to just justify letting it, letting it go, but staying staying on yourself and on others about no that wasn't okay let's just Mm -hmm. let's just clock it for what it was let's just clock it Mm -hmm. yeah I mean that is one of the things I would tell my younger self like you know what I really would tell my younger self oh my goodness Mm -hmm. because I really came to this realization late your parents don't know everything yes they're just human beings trying to figure out life Mm -hmm. because actually I think that might be a core thing that every person about the around the age of 10 should start knowing Mm -hmm. that they should question their parents they should ask questions they should be inquisitive they should be you know they shouldn't just follow blindly Mm -hmm. because I do think I know that I love following blindly actually one of the things I love about myself as a performer is I take direction incredibly well Mm -hmm. because I I believe that whoever's in charge of me um knows what they're doing I believe it completely almost always Mm -hmm. and way too late in life I realized oh authority does not mean that they actually know everything. Mm. Like it's okay to question. I believe if I'd known that as a younger person, I would have been a bolder actress in general. Mm-hmm. I actually really do think so. Because what I've learned working with um, certain directors multiple times, the first time around, I'm what I'm their puppet. They, they can do whatever, you know, you're, I want the note like this and mm-hmm. I want the beat like this and I want it to be, and I want you to do the action like this. Um, the second time around, I work with the director. I'm like, come on now. You know that that's too stiff. Let me loosen up the rhythm. Mm. Let me um, let me drop the timing like this, please. Like when I, as you know, as I've become more confident in myself as a performer, as an artist, um, my own intuition of what me as a person can bring to a character, because you don't know that even though you are the director, you have a vision, you hired me to do it. <laughs> so that means we must collaborate on how we're going to let this unfold. Cause yeah. me doing what you say doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to provide something genuine. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, but if I, if I had realized the fact that people are fallible, adults don't know everything when I was younger, that would have been something that I could have brought to the table earlier in every situation. Um, mm-hmm. now as I'm older, I do like, I usually do come in and I say, all right, I know what the rhythm is. I know what the notes are. 
how do you feel about me changing this? It doesn't feel natural. How does this mm-hmm. fit? And usually now, because I come in confidently, people automatically go to a collaboration place instead of a determining factor. It could also help that I'm an older person now, mm-hmm. but um, that's something that I do wish I would have known as a younger person that authority is not the end all be all of the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was really important. I'm glad yeah. you said that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. You want to take a little breaky break? Yeah, let's break. When we come back, we might just uh, predict your future. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back. Lovely little break, I'd say. I would also say. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Asha. We here at Brainstorming the Podcast like to play a little, what shall we call it, game? (laughs) Could we? I think we can. Yeah, I'd say we call it a game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We like to have our guests guess guess the game of the game, the name of the game. What do you think the game is going to be? Take any and take a guess. Any guesses will do. Well, you said something about predicting my future. Uh Uh-huh. So would it be predict your future? Is that the name of the game? (laughs) No, but I love it. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Maybe it should be. Yeah. Changing it up. (laughs) Today it's called predicting your future. (laughs) Um, No, it's called MASH. Mashmaker. Ah. And it is a game that I think... Shannon and I definitely, and most of our guests can relate to having played it back in the day, perhaps on the schoolyard or like at sleepovers. Um, And so MASH stands for Mansion Apartment Shack House. And that's the first category. Then you have four other categories, which are partner, children, career, and transportation. Oh my. And so for each of those four categories, you will give me four options. And and there is no right or wrong choice. A lot of people, like when we talk about doing it back in the day, it was like, who's your partner? And it'd be like, Aaron Carter, or like, you know, that was mine. Um, <laughs> or I, I love that. Yeah. And I then like- that. that was yours. It was. <laughs> so it can be that like ideal celebrity, whatever for that. Or it can be like a business partner. And then- and we'll, we'll sort of talk you through each category. Um, but how we're going to start this is I'm going to draw a spiral and you're just going to tell me when to stop. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll go now. Stop. Great. So we'll start with our first category, which is partner. And again, as I said, this can be any celebrity. This can be a business partner. You can throw out names of people you know, uh, whatever you want. Who is that guy from Bridgerton? What's his name? Hottie Mc- McHot Pants. Is that what it is? I think it's Hottie, Mc- <laughs> Hottie so McHot Pants. He's sexy. <laughs> he is sexy. No, what's his name? Shannon's looking it up right now. Roger Jean Page. Yeah, town. He plays Simon. He's very sexy. He's so sexy. All right, you have three more options. Ooh, of what? A partner? Hell yeah. You get four Ooh. options for each category. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, oh, gosh. 
I don't play games like this right now. Well, you do <laughs> today, sister. <laughs> I do today. Oh my God, John Iderola. Not not possible, but still. I have a huge crush on him. American talk show host? Yeah, he's on The Damage Report. Mm. What do you like about him? One, okay, so The Damage Report is like, you know, a progressive chat. Um, yeah. And it's, it's part of TYT, The Young Turks. Oh, yeah. And I like his take. I like his friendliness. And he's a huge nerd. Like uh, he loves Star Trek and Star Wars and The Hobbit, which are things that I'm totally into. It's important. Shoot. Why is it not possible? Because he's married. Oh, because he's married. Hey, tell you what. Right. The world is a new place. I know. It's changing. And guess what? Divorce happens. It's true. <laughs> we'll see how long that so lasts we'll see. on <laughs> We'll see about that. This is a powerful game. Oh. It's very powerful. We have a lot of pull with the universe. I'll tell you what. All right. All right. Yeah, two more options. Jaleel White. Mm, Jaleel White. Mm-hmm. What has he been in lately? Lately, I don't know. But the fact of the matter is when Stefan happened, mm. I was totally Oh my God. It. Yeah. You know what I saw him in most recently, which is not very recent at all. Do you remember that movie, Big Fat Liar with Frankie Muniz, old school Amanda Bynes. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. <laughs> I didn't see that. I remember the trailers. I didn't see it. Yeah, the oh, trailers it's a fantastic were, you pretty movie. much saw it then. Yeah, with yes, the blue. Doesn't he turn blue? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic, but Jaleel White has a really fucking funny uh, bit part in it. He's <laughs> great. So He's so funny. <laughs> also, I found out that um, that his character was, Urkel, Steve Urkel, was not originally written in to be what it was. Like, to be this... I mean, he became like, like Steve Urkel became like the face of that show. And, but initially I think it was only like a, like a side character, like a- Yeah, well, he was just the next door neighbor. And I think that he was just supposed to be like a a small amount of comedic relief instead of basically being the show. Right. Like the whole thing was basically centered around Steve Urkel after a certain point. Yeah. Just like Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. He was only supposed to be like- a small role. I didn't know that. Aaron Paul's character. Yeah. And then they're like, he was oh, like, you got good chemistry with Brian Cranston. I didn't you know. You guys should that. have a tequila together. That's you an I, that's the ideal, right? That's the ideal gig. Like, it's a bit part. And then they're oh, like, well, you're, you you're know, we actually so are going to restructure the whole thing around you. That's, <laughs> that's the actor's crazy. dream, honestly. My dream. My dream is to maybe be able, someday. To be yeah, someday. Yeah, maybe someday we'll all be like that, that fancy friend next door and then you know that person ends up like oh like oh god did y'all see wandavision no (laughs) i know i I watched the first episode that's it look watch the whole thing it's like the only way it's like completely worth it but like Mm. there's that next door neighbor lady oh um um, catherine what's her name is that her name catherine hahn yes i think that's right is that her name (laughs) because i don't want to be wrong about this i was right catherine hahn yes who yeah. is brilliant. I love her. Yeah. Um, that's actually, I think that that's like her bread and butter, basically being that, yeah. that random person that's in, in the show or in the movie. And you're like, I'm obsessed oh <laughs> with <God>. her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's fantastic. She was also in like Anchorman. She's been, Step she's Brothers, been in a right? Stepbrother, she's that great role. She's Mrs. married Fletcher to Fletcher looked really good too, where she was like the lead in that one. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, she's fantastic. Oh, and Parks and Rec. I just rewatched Parks and Rec, and she's in it a lot. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
All right, you have one more uh, option left for this category. For a partner? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say Titus. I love that. Titus Burgess. Mm -hmm. Nobody let Titus. (laughs) (laughs) He's a damn nerd. That makes my heart, that, my heart can be happier. Yeah. I know I got like birthday presents yesterday, but that was actually like that topped it for me. Yeah. <laughs> that was like a cheap cameo. I feel like, you know, how you mm-hmm. can get like, I could have paid Titus, but it was like, but- that was for free. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. A dream That's a really dream. good spread. of partners. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now we're on to the next category, which is children. And so I say it every time, but traditionally how it's played is number of children. However, we here at Brainstorming the Podcast welcome you to do whatever the fuck you want you can you can do number of children you can do names of children you could do number of animals or whatever you can do you can we are open to adult adoption here if there are any people you would like to adopt any kids that you want to adopt like people have done like celebrity kids that they're like I want that kid to be my my kid okay you get four (laughs) options for it all right well powerful queen which is the baby, um, one of Nick Cannon's little babies that he named okay. Powerful Queen. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, no. One of his babies is named Powerful Queen. Oh, yeah. Powerful Queen Cannon. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And look, I think it's a stupid name on many levels, <laughs> but simultaneously, I'm like, everybody has to call that little girl Powerful Queen <laughs> and sound a little obsessed. <laughs> yeah. She's real cute. She's Wow. <laughs> I want to know what his other children are named. Yo, though. look at like, all of them. Look at all of them. Okay. What are they? I'm so curious about this. There's um, Zillionaire. Are you serious? <laughs> Zillionaire. H-E-I-R. Give me the full list. He has seven children. This might take a little bit more researching. Keep 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 going. With well, I know Zillionaire and I know uh, Powerful, Powerful Queen. Queen. And <laughs> I don't. Zillionaire. Oh my gosh. Zion, Abby. Oh, he has twins. Zen. Yeah, twins. Wow. Zen. That's a cool name. One of them is named Abby, and that's a great name, but then to have siblings literally named Powerful Queen. I think that's like, I think literally one has a normal name and the rest of them have weird names. Because the (laughs) thing is, I think you're also like Zen might be, no, Zen's not zillionaire. I think it's short for something that's crazy. I love it. I'm gonna do a little research on that. Yeah, Yeah, we're gonna have to figure this one out. Okay, Mm -hmm. so powerful queen. Yes, powerful queen. Um, (laughs) Number zero. Great. Number two. Fantastic. And then let's see. Adopting. Aw. All right. Career. Career. Whatever you want. I get four, right? You get four. Okay. A wealthy activist. Ooh. Broadway star, yes. Um, a unfamous philanthropist, unfamous. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. You'll get more work done. Yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. <laughs> now, like the thing is, honestly, if I could like have my life, if I could be very um, independently wealthy, my dream would be to like buy a bunch of houses, um, like full out buy them, mm-hmm. let people rent them for very very cheap. And then if, you know, the person really loves the house, has family and stuff like that, I'm like, you can buy it for $2 and we'll move mm. on. 
Um, I love that wow. so much. Yeah. Well, I had the dream of being, oh, actually, um, uh, let's see, den mother of actors. I, I've always wanted an actor house. Ooh. I have. Oh my God, I would love for you to be my den mother. And I would love to, I, I want that. Like I've always, cause the thing is, you know, the struggle I've lived in my car yeah. and crap, you know, like I get it. Like we, yeah. we like do, we live in the most ridiculous way because we just pretty much know that we're going to be poor. And it's, it's really romantic until you start adulting. And then you're like, oh, this is not cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'd love, I'd love to have a mansion where I could house a bunch of actors that are like down in their luck. They're just trying to get from one project to the next mm. and hopefully they can succeed while they're there and move on. And then more actors can come in. I'd love that kind of situation. Yeah. Oh, oh that's fantastic. That. Yeah. We would all be so lucky. All right. So the next category is transportation. Ooh. Yo, it's so basic. I have a few, it's two or like actually two are very basic. Great. Nissan Rogue and a Mini Cooper. A Nissan Sometimes Rogue. basic with transportation is good. You don't want to get love too that. complicated. It is what it is. It's getting you from point A to point B. I love a Nissan Rogue. They drive real, real nice so long as they're in good go. condition. They just yeah. stay in good condition for very long. Um, <laughs> Do you have a color in mind for those? Oh, literally like for the um, Nissan Rogue, like a nice cerulean blue would be lovely mm. with gray interior that'd be divine sure yeah she's got it <laughs> I love it's, that and then my mini cooper on the other hand would be yellow <gasps> like okay. a bumblebee Ooh. yeah yeah I love that it doesn't need to be subtle at that point no 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 <laughs> and it would be a convertible yeah oh yeah <laughs> I'm loving that my dream car when I was a kid I always just wanted a convertible and people would be like, oh, like what kind? And I'd be like, I don't know. I just want a convertible. I just convert. want my, the wind in my hair. Me at like five. It's so nice. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's luxurious. Yeah. I enjoy it. Me too. It is. Okay. Two more options. Okay. A yacht. And I don't mean <laughs> a big old yacht. I mean, like, I'm going to be able to travel on this yacht and live on it. <gasps> me personally. And I can also take care of it. I mean, like a mini yacht. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ooh. Okay. A mini yacht. Like people have a private jet, you have a private yacht. But it's- and private jet's my last one. Oh, yes. PJ. PJ. Yeah, we had one of our former guests didn't say private jet. She goes, oh, and my PJ. And we were like, what's that? And she's like, private jet. Private jet. We're like, that's what you call it. We didn't even know. I didn't know. That's what I call the things I wear to bed. Yep. Mm-hmm, me too. <laughs> so is this game familiar to you at all? Or is this like, I, this is... I've never played this game. It, like yeah. when you were talking about it to begin with, you know, those little um, origami, like foldy things. Yeah. Like it tells you how many, pe- how many, you know, children you'll have, or if somebody likes you, stuff like that. That's kind of what it reminded me of. And now I'm wondering if that's what it is, but now nah, I've never played this game. Yeah. It's similar. The cootie catcher, I think is what it was called. It is called a cootie catcher. Yeah. 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 Oh. This is like slightly different, but similar, same, like this is what your future will be. No need to fret, little child. We've got it all figured out for you. Uh, yeah, I love that, actually, because <laughs> who doesn't need some assurances of their dreams coming true right now? <laughs> right, that's what we're saying. We need, everyone needs a little stability. Everyone needs a little bit. Yeah, something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that could be Jaleel White for you. We'll only Sierra <laughs> knows through her magic. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jaleel. Seriously, quite possibly my first love. No, lies. My first love was Michael Jordan. But I remember when I was five, if I ever saw Michael Jordan's face on TV, I'd stop 
and just stare at him. That's really good. Because he's beautiful. He's beautiful. He's beautiful. Right. (laughs) And the skill level. Yeah. (laughs) Is your family like a big board game family? Is that something that you bond over or not really? Like my family is now like we used to. The thing is, my family gets really aggressive with board games when we used to play them. I've chosen to opt out. So I am against board games because... (laughs) There's a past. I can, yeah, there's a past. It's a, it's more of like me, you know, going, oh, I want to be a kind, good, loving person. And board games bring out the worst in me. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. Understood. Well, are the results in? The results are in. Are you ready for your future? I'm ready. All right. So you're going to be living in an apartment with Jaleel White. Okay, cool, 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 cool. And your daughter, Powerful Queen. Come on, Powerful Queen. <laughs> and here's the thing. You're going to be in an apartment, but you're also going to be like a wealthy activist. So we say apartment, but honestly, like it's be- going to be like high, 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 high end of an apartment, I, I would say. I mean, I-, I love an apartment. And finally, you're going to be traveling around in your convertible yellow hey. mini Cooper. <laughs> oh, it's a dream come true. It That's is, really right? nice. Yeah. 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 Wow. Really great future. We're going to, we're, you know, we're, we're saying we're checking back in with our guests. What is it? Three to five, every three to five. This eight. one's a little complicated because Crowd for Queen, we're going to have to do some custody. Yeah. So it might be a little so. five. Uh, we'll check it in five years. Yeah. That's a good timeline. But honestly, like, again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Uh, right now we're at a hundred percent success rate. So Ooh, fabulous. <laughs> so, so yeah. Jaleel, call me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do it some co-parenting of a canon child to be to be done here I mean and that's ideal honestly because you have Jaleel White but if you it's exactly right if you have powerful queen you have Nick Cannon in your life Mm -hmm. you have and I don't really need Nick Cannon I would like all of his baby mamas to be involved though Mm -hmm. we'll make it happen Mm-hmm. Your wish is our command. In fact, let's take a break. I'm going to send out a few emails. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> We're going to start on this custody yeah. battle. Yeah. Because it will be one. A, but honestly. Battle royale. Uh, I, I mean, so. honestly, it will yeah. be. Well, it's more royal with the powerful queen. Powerful queen. A royal. <laughs> a powerful queen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you see if you can get a hold of Jaleel, but we'll get started mm-hmm. on this and we'll be right back. I'll call him. <laughs> Perfect. We are back. What a giggly little break. We had a very giggly break. We Giggles talked giggles. about near-death experiences, aliens, uh, how stupid humans are. <laughs> the listeners are like, why? Why isn't this in the Yeah, pod? what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> the breaks are for us. Those are our pods. That's our <laughs> own personal pod. Well, we did find out the names of the seven children, though, of Nick Cannon, mm-hmm. which are, of course, Powerful Dasher. Queen. Dasher, <laughs> Prancer, Dancer, Vixen. Powerful, powerful Queen. Powerful Queen. Who <laughs> 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 oh, is it? Powerful Queen, Zillion Air, mm-hmm. Zen. Zion, Monroe, and Moroccan. Those are twins. Mm-hmm. Well, could have guessed that. Yeah, those are twins. And yeah. then there's one like 
regular what i can't that wasn't disclosed in that it one article that, yeah. I, that i looked at but either way chaos nick cannon is living his best life Oshawa is telling us how he's literally in like has maternity photo shoots he's in every maternity spreading it around uh-huh with all the baby mamas <laughs> mm-hmm. i want to say he's like the present day sound of music but that was one man one woman all those kids all yeah. those men traps yeah uh-huh. but honestly i would love to see him go that route and Me too and i really hope that all of the baby mamas are included and maybe mariah carey will be Comes the back maria, maria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, i mean it's ideal honestly yeah you heard it here first, folks. The Nick Cannon Von Trapp. Uh-huh. Let's go. <laughs> hey, Asha, do you have anything that you would like to share with us? Any creative endeavors, any like a passage of from a book that you've read or a song that you've heard or a snack that you've eaten? Oh, girl, let's see. <laughs> Yikes. Anything that's resonated with you yeah. recently that really popped for you, whether that's yeah. something that you've, been watching or reading or Mm -hmm. something you've recently embarked on that's just kind of really stuck with you I mean there's several things we've talked about a lot of them um in the heights like I said it actually really did resonate with me on several levels artistically Mm -hmm. uh politically and socially um it just resonated with me on so many levels and um I mean doing trailer park definitely resonated with me on several levels Mm -hmm. um Meeting Bianca DeSaro was definitely one of the highlights of this year. Oh, and she has a company that I want to promote. It's called Just Bein. Um, it promotes um, people of color and women in like stages of production, directing, like positions of power. Mm-hmm. Um, so she helps them out artistically, creatively, and then also promotes them into, she like pushing them up and forward. Mm-hmm. Um, when she, like, she was definitely kind of like when we did Avenue Q, everybody just kind of felt this fire being lit under their ass when we did yeah. the Avenue Q. It was really, really awesome. Like we all just, like Sierra said, we were brainstorming constantly. And I have to say there was definitely a depressing point, which I think we've all reached and probably are still going through mm. um, with the quarantine with 2020, the pandemic and everything and theater being on lockdown in itself, um, where I just, I didn't want to listen to music. I didn't want to sing. I didn't want to think about performing. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm just going to figure out how to be a normal person. Mm-hmm. And um, that's actually kind of continued um, th- right up until Trailer Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bianca was a big part of bringing me out of it. Like um, slowly but surely, I'm starting to listen to music again. Like I actually can't bring my, I couldn't bring myself to for a really long time. Um, and I, am paying attention more to being an artist. I don't, I'm not very active in my artistry, but I'm hoping to like have a little bit more fire in my belly for it now that I've gotten to, cause I'm very lucky. Um, but she was, but she's always thinking in this, okay. She was like, honestly, come to New York for two weeks. I swear to God, I'm going to introduce you to people. Mm-hmm. I want you to meet people. I want you to think about this. Like she gets inspired by, mm-hmm. by the people that she sees in the way that, you know, like in the way of promoting other people she wants when other people win, she wins. That's how Bianca feels. It's why oh, she's a killer, that. why she's awesome. Mm. And um, she's like, just, and so like when we met each other in this situation and got to live together, it was like a never ending, um, what is, who is this human kind of situation? Yeah. Um, Cause so honestly, I will say Bianca DeSaro is probably a big, <laughs> a big 
resonating factor for me because yeah. every day she was just working, clicking, clicking along, doing something, manufacturing something, editing a video, auditioning for something, seeing if she could audition for something else, finding out what somebody else is doing and how she can help promote it. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's just always like that. And I've never been that kind of person who's that mm. proactive about my career, you know? Mm. So it was inspiring. Mm. And in that vein also to celebrate her, cause I'm mm. doing that right now. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the lines in the show, it's one of her lines uh, that she sings, um, in the finale of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, cause the show doesn't end with a happily ever after for Pippi, not necessarily, you know, mm. and that's her character. Mm. And she sings this whole, heartbreaking um moment in the beginning of it and then she goes where she has this kind of all right I've decided how I'm gonna move on she's like I'm gonna make like a nail and press on Mm. like a press on nail and um I I feel like that was definitely one of those things that resonated with a lot of us women in particular you know just cast members who were like this whole year has been what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm like, don't make like a nail mm. press on. Oh, <laughs> I love that. And yeah. And Bianca definitely delivered it beautifully. And that's very much so who she is. Um, mm. So I kind of felt it in several ways when it came to that experience, like definitely trailer park getting to do that. And I mean, I'm only home now two, three weeks now, I guess. Oh, wow. And um, so, yeah, I just got back. Uh, when did I get back? Oh, in June. Yeah. June 21st, I came back. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I'm just like, oh, you know, like that definitely is right there on the, on my, you know, as far as things that resonate with me, that yeah. resonated with me in so many ways, yeah. so many ways. Um, like I definitely, and actually I even inspired myself a little bit um, doing it because I came up with some lines that I was real proud of. <laughs> like, there was this one line where we were talking about um, originally the line was Earl was right to shoot that man who was driving in the wrong lane. Um, like that's, that's what it was, but we didn't want to talk about shootings. There were yeah. so many of yeah. them. Um, so Michael was like, all right, um, Asha, just try to come up with something else here. And I was like, mm. so I just had like this day of like just saying some random ass crap. <laughs> and the one that won was, Earl was right to run down that unicyclist. <laughs> why he only got <laughs> and then it was why he only got one wheel. And that was <laughs> you know, like it definitely got to spark me into going, oh right, I can <laughs> off the cuff nonsensical stuff. Oh yeah. So or what good. or what I called some like this this oil in a can. Um because it's just freaking canola oil, but we're using it as suntan lotion. Um, <laughs> and so I called it, y'all want some, so instead of saying y'all want some of this tannin oil, I was like, y'all want some of this sunshine polish, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it feels way. like when you're around people, one, thank you for reminding us that it doesn't need to be like content that resonates with you. It can be human beings mm, that yeah. resonate with you and remind you to not only be, someone else's cheerleader to be your own cheerleader and it feels like this cast was it was almost infectious that Mm. you were feeling now I feel safe enough to make these really bold fun choices and remind yourself like oh no this is me I this is how my creative synapses fire yeah when I'm in a space that feels 
right for that, if that makes sense. Exactly. And well, that's also something that like right now, I feel like we're all, hopefully we're all going to start just harvesting the rightness. Cause I mean, Mm. theater right now, talk about right for the taking because it's been stagnant for a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like we we're, we're hungry for it. And it reminded me that I'm hungry for it. Like that's mm. just it. Like, cause I think that a lot of us definitely, you want to feel safe, like, you know, and I, I mean, our, our career path and choice is not safe. Right. Um, yeah. but which I think helps make us malleable, which is great. It's part yeah. of what we do. Yeah. But I, I think that there's something very good about the time off to make us hungry again make mm-hmm. us ready to make art again ready to be inspired by other people again yeah yeah I and miss it, it yeah absolutely wow that was really beautiful I was really grateful for you sharing that yeah I know thank you so much of course where can our listeners find you if you want to be found <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, I'm literally the hardest person. I mean, you can put in Asha Brownie Gordon on Facebook. You can put it in on YouTube and you might come across an audition video, but I, uh, I really do. I'm, I'm like, I'm a little secret until yeah. I want to found. I love yeah. that. Good. I mean, I, I recommend it. Type her name in. I don't know if you can find a video, but if you can find a video of her singing, do it because your voice is like, liquid gold it's fantastic I was showing (laughs) I was showing Shannon a video that you had posted from like on Instagram uh I think when you were on a cruise ship and we were just like oh my god she's so good (laughs) you are you're a star dude and and you're talented as I said but you're also just such a wonderful human being so you make me laugh so giving you spoke about your friend Bianca um, and how much she like inspired you. And the whole time I just kept thinking that, that you were that for me during Avenue Q. And I just love you. And I'm so grateful for your friendship. The years could pass. I don't even know how many years it's been. And it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. you're just, you're just good people, man. And I'm so grateful nah, for you. Honey, right back at you. Don't mm. think that like, that's what Avenue Q was for me. That's what yeah. you were for me. I yeah. mean- I gotta love it. And I got to meet a new friend. Woo! Yeah, I know. Well, next time you come to the city, we're gonna have to get together, all of us. We'd love to meet Bianca. I'd love for you, for you, Shannon and Asha to meet Catherine and Catherine. Oh God, yes. Yeah. What a dream. We'll do it. (laughs) A reunion. Yeah. Maybe we'll record that for the, that'll be, we'll just record that for the podcast. So our listeners. (laughs) Maybe that's what we'll do. It'll be a bonus episode. No one wants to listen to us. That's how we brainstorm all aggressive. Well, maybe that's what we'll do. (laughs) Why was I so so aggressive about it? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I love you, Asha. I love you. <laughs> Thank you again. That, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Bye, Bye Asha. Again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Thank you to our guests for answering the question, what's been storming your brain? A big old thank you to our technical producer, Tim Fuchs, for our funky theme song with Chris Agar on bass and Louis Tanuzzi on trombone. Thank you to Ellie Stovall-Brown for our rock and cover art and to all you listeners for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next time for a few more ha-has and a lot less wah-wahs. And follow us on Instagram at Brainstorming the Podcast. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the brain. brain.